Welcome to The Worst Writer in the World, a podcast in which we read stories to you. This is the third episode of Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs. This one includes Chapter 5 by Howard and Chapter 6 by Rufus. That's me. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchleaf, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. Okay, so hello and welcome to another chapter of Gret Binchleaf and something about crabs. Yes, that's uh, right. It's me this week to yeah, do it this week. Uh, so, got my so pages excited. here. 20,000 pages I did. <laughs> no, it does look like quite a sheath. I, she- I, sheath, I... not a sheath. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't, it looks like a terrible sheath, <laughs> but it looks like quite a sheath. Yes, don't wear my chapter. No. Um, it will not protect you from pregnancy. It has no prophylactic no. <laughs> properties whatsoever. <laughs> Although it will probably stop people wanting to have sex with okay, you. Okay, so, so it does have properties. So it does. Yes. Okay. okay. Winning then. <laughs> Absolutely winning. Anyway, I, I'm particularly excited because you've been keeping me up to date <laughs> all week, largely I... by text. When I'm at work, you text me to tell me how bad your chapter yeah. is. I've had a really, really tough time. Mm. Uh, this has been the hardest one yet. But uh, yeah, I think I think the turmoil that I've gone through is 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 evident on the page this week. Cool. Anyway, the uncertainty of this chapter, in fact, is is displayed prominently on the front page. By the way, that I've crossed out the chapter name, and um, I'm going to say a different one. Okay, cool. But we start with the plot so far, right? We do do that. We do do that. Don't we? Do, don't we? Do. <laughs> okay, let's let's hear the plot so far. Oh Christ! After some stuff about crabs. Is that it? <laughs> that's that. That's that's chapters one through right. to four, basically. <laughs> After some stuff about crabs, Gret Binchleaf, a man who has spent much of his adult life believing the term "to come up trumps" is a euphemism for unprotected bumming, encountered a mysterious league of space wiggards. <laughs> encountered that, a that mis- didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, but you haven't read my chapter carefully enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bit with the wiggards. <laughs> Encountered a mysterious league of space wizards hidden in his graven images bollocks. Oh yeah, good one. Here he was given a bunch of his future memories from the past, or mem thou and or mem now and theneries, as the kids call them. <laughs> or mem now that or mem now and theneries, as the kids call them. <laughs> yeah, it made much more sense yeah. the second time. Thank well you. Done. Here he was given a bunch of his future memories from the past, or mem now and theneries, as the kids call them. <laughs> Which led him to the startling discovery that he is in love with Arthur Pasty, the high priestess of the Church of Him, and not in love, as he'd previously believed, with Jimberly Smythe, a two-time orphan with shape-shifting powers, which have proved useless at shifting her into the shape of someone with a mum. With his trusty sidekick, the dust-free Susan Cheese in a bag. Dust-free? Oh, because she's she's got got a sheet on her. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) It's her only characteristic. Come on, (laughs) come on, Rufus, keep up. With his trusty sidekick, the the dust-free Susan Cheese in a bag, Gret heads straight for the British Museum in Britain to save Arthur from a 5,000-year internment or something, probably, totally ignoring, as ever, the title of the story he is involved in. (laughs) Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs. Yeah, oh, did it. Nailed it's the first it. time I've managed to say that title <laughs> without falling over. Yeah. Okay, chapter five. I've Greta... I've Greta... I've Greta... Bad, I've Greta brand new combine harvester. I'll give you the key.
The big, dusty, boring old British museum had lots of stupid people in it pretending to give a shit about bits of broken rock and what dead people used to do for jobs and stuff. <laughs> really, they were trying to distract their minds from the pointlessness of their paltry existences, yeah. flitting as they did upon the face of the planet like a bad case of acne before ultimately getting squeezed and popped to death. <laughs> <laughs> that or getting Alzheimer's and forgetting how to breathe. That's, that's how Alzheimer's works, right? Yeah, I don't know, I can't remember. So went the thoughts of the ancient thinker, which had been stuck here in the dark for longer than it cared to remember. Then the ancient thinker had another thought, which went, oh no, here comes that bloody tour guide again with a stupid nasal voice and rubbish mummy jokes. Hello, hello. And if you look here with your eyes now, uh, we have a sarcophagus, which according to legend doesn't contain a mummy. Uh, I know what you're thinking, but uh, ha, 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 no, that doesn't mean there's a daddy in there. <laughs> no one laughed. Uh, no. Is it is it wise to use this voice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very wise. <laughs> Especially when Gret turns up. Yeah, OK. <laughs> no, there's no such thing as Egyptian daddies. Uh, well, of course, there were daddies in Egypt, but uh, they were just regular daddies. Uh, after they died, they never got daddified. There's no such thing as daddification. Uh, unless that's when you start wearing slippers and smoking a pipe. No one continued to laugh. <laughs> Meanwhile, in massive Stonegrets bollocks, you're going to get a lot of meanwhiles in this as well. Okay, cool. I told you, it's all over the place. We will give you the memories of Greta Titi, he who is your future but our past. We can pour all of his memories into your head using our brain fanal. <laughs> he sounds different this week. <laughs> well, I changed funnel to fanal in the script, so I know how to say it. It will be as if you had lived his life. Okay, let's do it, Greta agreed or regretted, as he liked to call it, and was about to when the space wizard pressed a button on his big chair and Gret's mind exploded like a packet of frazzles in a rocket. Fascinating future cognances jostled for Gret's attention. But Gret's brain was a singular thing, and so, ignoring all the information about the army of a billion crabs, the revelation about the true identity of the Gret with a detachable head, and some other dull <laughs> business about a publisher turning out to be his arch-enemy and subsequently his missing mum, other, far less relevant memories broke through. Specifically, those of puppy love, more recent smarting heartbreaks, and awesome super sexy fumblings yet to come. <laughs> As though all the women he had ever known, or would ever known, were fighting for his attention. It was kind of like having your life flash before your eyes, if your life had been massively shallow and consisted wholly of norks. <laughs> yeah, it's lucky that we've got... Um, it's lucky, I think uh, someone said recently that it's nice that we've got very like distinctly different voices. And I think in this it's, it's lucky, because I can't see any other way that people would tell the difference between our chapters. <laughs> You know, <laughs> other than the fact that we've got noticeably different voices. You know, what, what else is there? <laughs> because what you get now is you're going to get two pages of boob jokes. Yeah. You're looking forward to it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pop. <laughs> when I, a boob. Isle of Wight, Shanklin, 1984. Little Gret and Eliza Bernard had snuck... <laughs> good, good one. Uh, it took me a second then, but uh, yeah, good one. I like it. ...had snuck out of the orphanage and down to the beach... Little Gret watched as Elizabeth had tore off her itchy dress. He could see her bee stings, <laughs> where she had been stung by some bees the other day. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that joke. Yeah. Good one. I'd forgotten until yeah. yesterday. <laughs> she ran into the ocean. Come on, little Gret, she yelled. I can't, yelled Gret. Burk, buk, 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 mocked Elizabeth Bernard. <laughs> I haven't got my trunks, he yelled back. Oh, come on, Gret, she taunted. Grow a pair. OK, said Gret, <laughs> and he did.
<laughs> Excellent. Good one. Kaplam! Hogwarts 2010. Yeah, see, what what I should probably explain what's happening here. It's, it's maybe not apparent, but like this is his, uh, this is all his memories happening in a row. So <clears> it's just an excuse to do lots of different scenes with. Right, but but he's still in the in the statue uh, with the brain funnel. This is it. This is the brain funnel happening okay. right now. Cool, cool. This like is it. the brain funnel. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. I'm a bit nervous about the fact that he seems to be in Hogwarts now and what, what kind of I've like spelt it with an extra O. Oh, well, that that'll come across. <laughs> Kaplam, <laughs> Wogwarts. <laughs> 2010. Gret, said Hermione Neal. <laughs> so hang on. So he's gone to Wogwarts, yeah. and there's a girl called Hermione Neal there. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm fine with that. Go okay. for it. That's an unusual name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can't do his voice. Wow. Well, <laughs> as an abandoned baby, I was found on top of the salad bar in Pizza World, so they named me Vinaigrette. <laughs> Which is ironic, of course, because I hate salad. Unless it's pig salad with extra pig. And hold the salad! <laughs> and then they did it. Kapring! And then they did it. Yeah, yeah there, sex. Oh, God. Kapring! It's, amazing. Court, it's amazing how often that, that happens where, you know, uh, like, in your chapters, Gret meets a woman, <laughs> she says one line, and then they immediately have sex. <laughs> that... I'm giving him an extra characteristic. I He's like what, James Bond. He, he gets is around. like James Bond. But I'm, I'm just assuming that you're writing from your own experience, and this is what life is like for you. Like sometimes, <coughs> sometimes you meet a woman, she says something, yeah. and then immediately you have sex with her. Yes. Does that ever happen to you? No. Kapring. Wagharts. A week later. I don't think we should see each other anymore," said Hermione Neal. <laughs> Why? Is it? Is it my weight? Mm-hmm. No, Gret. Is it my pie phobia? No, Gret. Is it? Is it my ukulele playing? <laughs> Gret, it's not you. It's me. Is it my meekulele playing? <laughs> Pachoof! Jupiter, space. 359 quadrillion space years. I like your green bum, Gret said to the hot alien lady. <laughs> Gret had to give it to himself. He was as cool as a cucumber. And not just a regular cucumber, <laughs> but one that smokes, wears leather and goes, eeeeee. <laughs> As ever, his smooth talking did the trick in a tick, and she got it out to show him. It had nipples. <laughs> now that's not something you see every day, said Gret. Something you do see every day is your mum using the chip pan to beat your dad around the head. Cool. Splounge! France, 2015. I am hot, and <laughs> I am <laughs> Frow! <laughs> Egypt, 3422 BC. Ooh. Before chips. <laughs> Hey, don't go all cray-cray on me. It's like you get married every day, dude. Why you be shitting frisbees, fella? He's got, he's got quite more, a lot more extreme, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I realise it might, might, might stop becoming racist <laughs> if people don't realise it's a Tom Baker impersonation. Yeah, OK, everybody, it's a Tom Baker impression. Okay. It's different this time, to Spacey Wizra. I'm proper loved up. That's his name. Displacey Wizard. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> it's an anagram. Oh, oh, no. No. <laughs> Just then, the wedding march began to play, which they definitely had in ancient Egyptian times, and they would play at the wedding ceremonies they also definitely had. Well, um, well, Gret's a god, so he could he have can, been... Yeah. yeah, he could have been like, no, it goes like this, mm. and then hummed it to them and explained what he wanted, what yeah. kind of ceremony he wanted. That, that, that works. what happened, yeah, good, good. Yeah, it's fine. Brilliant. Arthur Pasty went up the aisle and did Greta Titi marrying. <laughs> but no sooner had Arthur got her finger right inside Greta Titi's ring oh. than there was a crash 
and a crab which had gone big broke through the wall. <laughs> I wonder who did that. <laughs> I wonder who's responsible for that crab going big. Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> As the dust cleared, fresh-faced Anuku, the red orc slash moonfish, stepped through and laughed evilly. If you want to love her as long as you both shall live, then be prepared to love her forever. He went. <laughs> and then, like in the plot of Sleeping Beauty, he sent her into a deep and unwakeable sleep. Right. They didn't call him the god of making cribs go bed for nothing. <laughs> in fact, they didn't call him the god of making cribs go bed at all because it made no sense. <laughs> Usually, when Greta Titi lost a wife, he was cool about it and took it on the chins. <laughs> but this time, he fell to his knees and went, No! <laughs> As every great hero must do, <laughs> yeah. sooner or later. Uh, I don't think he's done that yet, has he? No, he's never fell to his knees and, and gone, No! I don't think he's ever, ever instructed anyone not to die on him, either. <laughs> Not to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think that might have to happen in the next chapter. Yeah, but someone's got to be on top like, of yeah, him lying. dying. <laughs> Don't you die Don't on me. You you die, die over there. there. <laughs> no, that's good. That's written now. That doesn't have to be in the next okay, chapter. Because yeah. that was going to take a lot of setup to, to create that. So that's done. Water in face. Slapping off face. Shouting, Arthur, wake up really loudly. <laughs> All attempts at waking Arthur failed. And according to the wise one... <laughs> I've got to do a wise man voice. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, the, I was trying to do a wise man voice. It sounds just like Inuku, though. Um, oh, yeah. When the planets once again align and Uranus is looking fine, then the magic words be spoken. Only then may she be woken. Unfortunately, the next time that would happen wouldn't be until 2014 AD. Well, that's a, that's a very specific yeah. year. Yeah, not that they called it that. No. <laughs> they called it 1,829,745 dark times from now time. <laughs> if only there was some way of fast-forwarding <laughs> to that day. Who's that? Said Greta Titi, <laughs> his voice growing ever more ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, my main man, there is, of course, the reincarnation engine. Ooh. Dot, dot, dot. And finally, having got to the relevant memory about he got reborn and how he loved Arthur and how she was asleep in a sarcophagus, etc. Regular Gret, on a mission to save his sleeping beauty, headed to the English Museum, UK 2014. Susan Cheese in a Bag had been born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Literally. Her mother had had some particularly strange cravings for cutlery during pregnancy. <sighs> Being a massive posho had been really helpful in getting her stuff, like houses and jobs where you don't have to do anything, and six toes. <laughs> but it didn't help her see through sheets, and consequently hmm. she'd fallen down an open manhole a mile back. Are we, hang on, are we in real, we're in real time now? Yes. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're in real time. <clears throat> okay, good. Gret carried on regardless. <laughs> he didn't need a shit-covered sewer ghost to hold him back. <laughs> That's a new name, anyway. Yeah. Besides, one female character interred was enough for any man, he thought. <laughs> yeah. Good one, good one. Excellent. Uh, I particularly like the look of pride yeah. on your face. Yeah. He would have said it out loud, but he was out of breath. Gret raced through the museum towards the Egypt bit. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, here's a little joke for you. Uh, what do you call it when a daddy loves a mummy very much? Uh, necrophilia. Necrophilia. <laughs> What's necrophilia? said a child one. Yeah, probably not the right audience. <laughs> Out of my way! 
yelled Gret, trying. <laughs> Oddly, this is. I think this is more confusing than last week when Gret was talking to Gret. <laughs> That's the next bit. <laughs> Out of my way, yelled Gret, trying and failing not to sound exactly like the tour guide <laughs> as he barged through the group to get to Arthur's sarcophagus. I'm here to save you, Arthur, my love. Meanwhile, 48 minutes ago... (laughs) (laughs) Good one. I'll tell you what I think, said future Gret, and did. He then looked over at Susan Cheese in a bag and nodded conspiratorially. I also think you should watch out for that woman. Why? (laughs) Why? Asked regular Gret. She is an abacus genie, future Gret replied, then vanished through a massive Gret-shaped plot hole. (laughs) Presently, Future Gret materialised in a large room with walls. <laughs> he scrunched up his face, went mm, and turned into a young Scottish woman. Jimberly Smythe bowed before the ominous silhouetted figure who was stood in the window, slowly and rhythmically gliding their yo-yo up and down, up and down, <laughs> like an evil villain character who's been told they need to be more interesting and rather than put any thought into it, has gone out and bought a yo-yo. <laughs> The trap is set, oh glorious leader, said Jimberly. Using my shape-shifting powers, I convinced him that I was him from the future. <laughs> I then turned into a chair. <laughs> she positively glowed at this point. She loved turning into chairs. <laughs> that, that is definitely true. Yeah. A big chair <laughs> with a special button on it. <laughs> the space wizard who sat on me had no idea. And then I implanted false memories into Binchleaf's head. Oh, now that is interesting because obviously he remembered two contradictory things because he remembered Felicity Sticks mm. and Hot and Boobered, what was her name? A- A- Ava Goodday, mm. who are from essentially from different realities <laughs> in, oh, in, God. Books, in books. No, but this is okay because this explains that, yes, right? It does. Because, uh, yes, you know, he, it does. he remembered them both as real rather than one of them as being a character in a book he wrote. Mm. Um, and we still haven't actually decided which Gret this is, yeah. <laughs> whether it's Books Gret or Felicity Sticks Gret. Mm. So, so if they're false memories, that's all. That's all taken care that's of. That's good. At one point, it was all false memories, and I just <laughs> negated everything that happened before. And I was like, I'm going to take that out. Yeah. I then implanted false memories into Binch Leaves' head. Oh, I've spelled it Binch Leaves as well. That's, uh, <laughs> that's canon now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the, the possessive of yeah. Binch Leaf is Binch Leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he now foolishly believes that the sarcophagus. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. <laughs> that's canon now. <laughs> I was just catching up with yeah. that comment. Okay, all right, okay, carry on. Oh, I love that, I love that. <laughs> we're the writers, we're the inventors, yeah. so anything we write is always canon. Anything we write or say. Yeah, yeah. Um, he now foolishly believes that the sarcophagus contains Arthur Pasty, and any moment now, Binchleaf, the only man in the world who can, will open the Hades sarcophagus <laughs> and release it. <laughs> Villain character (laughs) was so pleased with this report, they did a walk the dog with their (laughs) yo-yo. Gret stood before the sarcophagus. He took a deep breath and spoke the magic words. Blabby ka plab plab, baggy kazoo, unky monkey monkey, oba no ba no. Sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Then, with a dreadful cracking and a rush of primordial wind, the sarcophagus began to open. 
If the memories Jimberly implanted in Gret's head when disguised as a chair were false, were all of them false? And is Greta Titi just a fictional character? What is the terrible thing in the sarcophagus? And why has it got such bad wind? Has Jimberly always been evil? Or has she been brainwashed by an evil crab or something? I mean, this is a story about crab fright. To find out the answers to none of these questions and instead get a bunch more questions, tune in to the next judicious instalment of Gret Pinchleaf in the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchley, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. I think that, like, if you turn me on, I get cleverer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hang on, let's try it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just rubbing it. He's you, rubbing it. Um, are you turned on? Mm. All right, so what's the capital of uh, Venezuela? Um, Paraguay. Hey, it <laughs> didn't work. Is that wrong? <laughs> no, that's wrong, yeah. Paraguay's a different country. Okay. <laughs> but that's not, that's not what being clever is, knowing it is things. Knowing, is it? knowing the capital of Venezuela, that is, that is the definition of cleverness. Venice. <laughs> Anyway, I'd like quite like to I'd like to start with the plot so far because like what I really what I spent Sunday doing was um, understanding what had happened until now, and right. it was quite a complicated task because like there are many strands and a lot has happened in the first five chapters, so and it's you. pretty confusing stuff. So I, I or it felt like there was you know, and I wasn't sure how much of it was real and what wasn't real. So I had to go through and try and work out what we'd said. What we'd said was definitely real, what we'd mm. said wasn't real, what could be either at this stage, you know. You get um, that it's not real, right? Any of it. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, uh, we what, made what, it up. What, no, what about the massive crab in my bedroom? I've been meaning to ask you about that. <laughs> now, you know what I mean. In the in the context of the story, what was like false memories and things like that and what, what had happened and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, the plot so far. Uh, Gret Binchleaf, winner of the 1984 Who's Got the Biggest Chip competition, <laughs> is in the middle of a very confusing five and a half thousand year adventure involving big crabs. First, he had sex with Jimberly Smythe, a woman he'd just met, causing her to almost immediately be abducted by a giant crab because of an ancient Egyptian curse on her family. Then, he discovered a big statue of himself in the basement, which was infested with space wizards, one of whom told Gret that he would at some point travel back in time to become a god in ancient Egypt. Mm. Then, the space wizards put Gret's future memories of the past in his present head, so he'd know how to defeat the giant crabs. But, that just caused him to rush off to the British Museum to save his frozen wife, Arthur Pasty. Mm. But then, it turned out that the memories had been false ones, slipped into his head by Jimberly, who wasn't an innocent crab-ducted victim after all, but a shapeshifter and a villain. Mm -hmm. And finally, Gret made it to the museum and spoke the magic words to open the sarcophagus, just as Jimberly and her mysterious master had tricked him into doing. Why did Jimberly pretend to be abducted by a crab in chapter one? What's inside the sarcophagus, and why is Gret the only one who can open it? Find out, if you dare, mm. in chapter six of Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs. <laughs> it's so hard to say. Well done. All right, so shall we start? Yes, please. Okay. <clears throat> chapter six. Nobody does it Greta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yeah, good. Because it's connected to James Bond, so it's the best yeah. one we've had so far. <laughs> it was a sunny day, but with clouds in it and the small English town of Crappleby Magna was mostly up the pub or down the park. One man, however, was sitting by the window in his third-floor office, watching the sun slowly plummet towards the horizon like a flying sky plate with engine trouble, <laughs> and waiting for the phone to ring. 
The phone rang. Hello, he said. This is Steve Krabs here. How can I help you? Yes, we're taking pre-orders for our cheap bulk crab meat, and we should be sending out our first deliveries tomorrow, if all things go according to plan. Steve Krabs picked up a pen, a novelty one with a tiny crab on a spring sticking out of one end and wobbling. So, that's 30 kilos going to Barry's House of Crabs, Warrington. Yes, that should be with you on Thursday. Uh, you can sort out the payment with the, uh, well, let's call him the delivery agent for now, shall we? Uh, yes, very nice doing business with you, Mr. Sir House of Crabs. <laughs> Goodbye. Steve Krabs put his feet up on the desk. <laughs> Steve Krabs put his feet up on the desk and gazed out of the window for an hour, watching the sky turn to the kind of black that you wouldn't want on toast. Night had fallen, like Crappleby Magna was a budgie in a cage, and an enormous old space lady had draped a massive sheet over it. Steve Krabs picked up his favourite Filipino jungle weapon from the desk and looked around expectantly. <laughs> the office was large and had walls. There was one window overlooking a tree, an unusual number of chairs scattered about, and the desk had a stapler on it. <laughs> this was all perfectly normal and to be expected from I'm a bit suspicious of those chairs, though. <laughs> yeah, so you should be. Uh, this was all perfectly normal and to be expected from an office. Perhaps more incongruous, however, was the small tent in the corner and the large freestanding cauldron in the centre of the room. Whoa. Suddenly, an enormously fat man appeared next to the tent and pulled a face like he was trying to squeeze a dog out. <laughs> the trap is set, oh glorious leader, said Jimbly, once she was Jimbly shaped again. Using my shape-shifting powers, I convinced him that I was him from the future. I then turned into a chair, a big chair, with a special button on it. The space wizard who sat on me had no idea. I then implanted false memories into Binch Leaf's head. He now foolishly believes the sarcophagus contains Arthur Pasty. And any moment now, Binch Leaf, the only man in the world who can, will open the Hades sarcophagus and release... It... Steve Krabs was pleased, but something troubled him, and it wasn't the question of why Jimbley was explaining his own plan to him in <laughs> such detail. He did a walk the dog with his yo-yo to give himself time to think. Why did you still look like Binchleaf when you arrived just then? You said you had turned into a chair after that. Surely you had no reason to turn back into Binchleaf. Oh, oh dear, Jimbley looked troubled. Oh, yes, I think maybe I just thought about turning into a chair, but, you know, I imagined it so clearly that I felt like I'd done it. Do you ever do that? Steve Krabs was not pleased and did a Lindy loop with his yo-yo. <laughs> well, I mean, I only just left. They'll still be climbing up that 600-rung ladder. I could go back and turn into a chair now. Yes, yes, you do that. And this time, don't forget to bring the ingredient back with you as well. Mm. Jimbley looked sheepish, which, considering she was a shapeshifter, meant she was covered in wool. <laughs> then she vanished. Steve Krabs had known Jimbley all her life, and she'd always been thick. There had been days where not even she could remember which chair she'd turned into. <laughs> and for years, when she got hungry, she'd turn into a sandwich and try and eat herself. Mm -hmm. Then again, it was hardly surprising she was stupid, thought Steve Krabs. All orphans are. Which just goes to prove what kind of person he was. I mean, who doesn't like orphans? What a villain! All of a sudden, a big chair appeared, with an even bigger man sitting on it. What the tits! said the tall man in the pointy hat. Who the crap are you? 
And what happened to my chair? Why am I sitting on this woman? You don't recognize me then, said Steve Krabs, doing a smug Hidamasa hook with his yo-yo. Hey, <laughs> hey, sister, said the main space wizard, for, completely unexpectedly, it was he. Mm. I have never seen you before, and I would remember because I've only seen, like, four grown-ups in the last five and a half thousand years. I have gone by many names, said Steve Krabs, allowing his yo-yo to plunge ominously. Let me guess, is one of them yo-yo villain? <laughs> no! Because, like, you've got a yo-yo and you're a villain. <laughs> no one calls me yo-yo villain, demanded Steve Krabs, who hated the name yo-yo villain and wished people would stop calling him it all the time. You may know me, he said, as Inuku, the god of making crabs go big. You may also know me as Akra Man, which is another name for the god of making crabs go big. And you may also know me as... He paused for effect. Hey, dude, the space wizard interrupted, before Inuku got a chance to finish his big revelation sentence. <laughs> don't be making no crabs go big at me, okay? <laughs> I don't know if I could handle some, like... Stupid <laughs> 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 Oh, good. I don't know if I could handle some, like, big crabs. <laughs> Shut up! No, seriously, I'm, like, totally filling my wizard shorts. I'm so scared. <laughs> Let me finish my sentence, dammit. I've spent too many years listening to you. Hey, man, take a chill pill. I've never met Inuku before. No, but you know me by my other name. Space Wizard Steve. <gasps> what the piss? I shot him in the face. I was wearing a disguise. At the time, my true form was the body of an orc and the head of a sunfish. So, how come you look all human and shit now? Rather than answer, Inuku raised his human eyebrows at Jimberly. She leaned over to the desk, put her hand on the stapler, and it turned into a chair. Hey, how did you do that? I thought you could only change your own shape. I can make anything change. I'm a shapeshifter. I'm not called a me-shifter. <laughs> Brilliant. I looked after Jimberly, cared for her, and learned all about her while you were fawning over the idiot baby Binchleaf and his complete inability to grow clothes. Hey, if you knew which one he was, why didn't you kill him with the others? I needed him for my plan, which is even now coming to Fruition, said Inuku, <laughs> who didn't know how to pronounce fruition properly, the idiot. <laughs> I killed the others so you wouldn't have a superhero team on your side. I kept Jimberly alive because I knew how useful a shapeshifter would be. More useful than someone who could fly, anyway. Or someone who has a really big hammer and comes from space. Compared with that power, making crabs go big doesn't seem so stupid after all, does it? It does, my friend. Making crabs go big is like the dumbest power ever. <laughs> the power to make almost anything else go big would be better. Like make cheese go big. <laughs> or make crisps go big. But nobody wants big crabs. Well, that, my friend, is about to change. What in the name of penis are you talking about? I'm going to change the world. I'm going to create a world where people appreciate crabs going big. Where people need crabs to go big. A world where, when people see a small crab, they say, Hey, look at that small crab. I wish it would go big. <laughs> Who can help me? Who can make that crab go big? Hey man, buy a relaxation plantation, okay? Said the space wizard, taking his hat off, scratching his head, and putting his hat back on again, in a way that really didn't need to be described. Oh, majestic Inuku, tell him your plan, so that I may have the honour of hearing it again, said Jimberly, bum-lickily, and then turned into a hat stand. 
It's quite simple. Everyone knows magic and science can't exist in the same universe. That's why no one has a pen at Hogwarts. If you use magic, you can't also use technology. Like a pen. <laughs> Inuku picked up a pen from the desk and snapped it in half, believing he was making a point, but really just breaking a pen. This universe now has too much technology in it, and you space wizards aren't helping with your brain funnel device and your baby-empowering machine. Our space wizard magic stopped working centuries ago. Mine too. Do you have any idea how long it is since I was last able to make a crab go big? That's another reason Jimbley was so vital to my plan. She can turn into a big crab. And before that... <laughs> before that, well, I had my big crab suit and the crab-shaped drill. So, let me get this straight. You are the god of making crabs go big and you can't even make crabs go big. Not for long. Soon I will have all the ingredients for my spell, which will rid this world of technology altogether. And when people don't have cars, they'll need something big and with lots of legs to ride around on. They'll need something to power their turbines, to dig holes for them, to transport heavy goods. And what better than an army of 25 billion crabs? Inuku walked over to the tent in the corner. <laughs> Inuku walked over to the tent in the corner doing a triumphant double green triangle with his yo-yo. My original plan was to wait for Gret to get born, then kill him before he could go back and be a better god than me. Stop him from out-godding me. But then I thought, wait a crab-biggening minute. <laughs> How much better if I can out-god him first? And so, for many years I waited, and for many years I have been collecting the ingredients for my spell. Mm. Inuku pointed at the tent. Number one, an authentic Native American wigwam, which I took from space wizard Meredith just before you shot me. I murdered you right in the face. How did you survive that? I was wearing a big man suit, remember? So when you shot me, I ducked. Then I left the disguise behind and you thought it was me, all dead and stuff. I should have checked if you really were all dead and stuff. Ingredient number two, four Scottish women from the same family. Inuku pulled back the entrance to the wigwam, revealing four generations of Smythe family women piled up inside. Inuku wasn't an expert on human biology, so he wasn't sure if they were sleeping, unconscious, or dead and stuff. He picked up a handy stick and prodded the bottom woman with it, causing her head to fall off. <laughs> Number three, he said hurriedly, kicking the head back into the wigwam and dropping the door flap closed. Ingredient number three, the spermatospunk splooge of one who can grow clothes and sometimes hats. Inuku took a vial of yellowish liquid from his pocket and held it up. Mm. Hey, wear a calmness harness, amigo. <laughs> Are you saying that is Greta Titi's willy tears? Mm. Yes, it took a lot of careful planning to get my hands on this. For many years, while you were busy doing Space Wizard Meredith in her wigwam, I was visiting Jimberly, teaching her to hate Gret Binchleaf and earning her absolute devotion to my crab-expanding cause. And, because he was getting mouth-tired, what with all the talking and explaining, Inuku decided to have a flashback instead. Mm. He was in the orphanage. Jimberly was only some years old, and Inuku was sitting by her bed, making up a story to help her sleep. Once upon a time, Prince Inuku the Brilliant was walking through the forest and all giving food to poor people and being nice to lepers. Suddenly, a wicked wolf jumped out from behind a rock or tree or house. I am Gratititi Bintra, said the wolf, in a stupid nasal Australian accent that just proved he was a wrong'un. Give me all your biscuits. 
But these biscuits are for the orphan children who are so poor they can't even afford legs. If I don't take these biscuits to them, they'll be all dead and stuff. Oh, well, we wouldn't want them to be all dead and stuff. Hey, guess what? You've really good and proper shown me the error of my ways, and now I'm all good and that. Let me take the biscuits to them, because I can run right fast and repel biscuit bandits with my magic trumps. Prince Inuku the Lovely was a trusting man who always gave people a second chance and believed the best of strangers and all that hero bollocks that you're supposed to admire rather than pity as naive idiocy. So he gave Greta Titi the biscuits and went off to help an old lady eat pudding or bandage a bunny's face up or something. But later he heard the orphans had all died because Greta Titi had eaten them all and all the biscuits and then he'd had sex with a tree and bummed a gorilla and rammed a dog upside another dog and pushed a pineapple while shaking a tree. <laughs> but he promised he wouldn't do those things, wailed poor betrayed <laughs> Prince Luke the Wellgood. <laughs> and the moral of the story is if there's one thing that's worse than stealing and eating children it's lying mm -hmm. and if there's one thing that's worse than lying it's Greta Titi fucking Bintra back in the present Inuku was doing a boingy boing with his yo-yo that's a real trick I believe you they all are I researched it I figured you would <laughs> I made up stories for her every night in the orphanage. Then I arranged for her to be adopted by a rich family. Then finally, I got her to book Binchleaf to put on a magic show at her father's hosting of the Cachillionaire's Charity Ball, Fish Egg Chow Down and Photo Opportunity Luau. He was terrible, said Jimberly, the talking hat stand. He pulled a load of flags out of his sleeve and there was a dead rabbit tied to the end. <laughs> Little Frank Cheska couldn't stop crying. She was inconsolable. <laughs> In some ways, it's lucky for her that I took the form of a giant crab and ate her. <laughs> and finally, finally, I told Jimberly to take on a form that Binchleaf would find irresistible. A woman with enormous bazookas. Unfortunately, she took that literally. <laughs> it worked, though, Jimberly observed. And to think, all that stuff with the bazookas happened less than an hour ago. <laughs> it seems more like five weeks or something. A lifetime's preparation, Inuku exclaimed. Jimberly's lifetime, to be precise, and all for her to spend two minutes harvesting the seed of pinchleaf with her bumhole. Then she drilled a big hole in the wall, using my crab-shaped drill, and turned into a chair. Jimberly bristled with pride. And as she was a shapeshifter, this meant growing actual bristles. Which, because she was a hat stand, made her look like a hairbrush. Ingredient number four, said Inuku, getting back to that recipe, which hopefully wouldn't turn out to have too many more ingredients, <laughs> uh, is something that was once magical, but has lost its magical properties. A powerless space wizard, for example. What the shit, exclaimed the space <laughs> wizard. And the final ingredient, Inuku said. Something magical, something which has survived the technologicalization of the world, something which has been locked in a magic-proof sarcophagus for five and a half thousand years. Slow down, girlfriend. You can't mean... Yes, the ancient thinker. What's that? asked Jimberly, who, let's not forget, was a right idiot. And a hat stand. In ancient Egyptian, we called him G. Knee. Hey, let's go to a slowdown hoedown, said the space wizard who was getting dangerously short of rhyming phrases for relax. You can't release the genie. Greta Titi, the god of free clothes and sometimes hats, he locked it in that magic-proof sarcophagus for a very good reason. Because he didn't want to share. 
No, because the whole situation got totally whacked out. <laughs> Too many people were making wishes. Everyone had a big house and a swimming pool and six cars. People shouldn't be driving cars in ancient Egypt. <laughs> especially not six at the same time. <laughs> then there were the flying camels and that woman who wished for 17 thumbs coming out of her face. That was weird, man. <laughs> she was going around picking things up with her face. And one guy, he wished for world peace, but he mispronounced it, and that's why peas exist. <laughs> it is too late. The genie is the final ingredient, and... Inuku looked at his watch. It was in the shape of a crab. A small one. At this very moment, Gret Binchleaf is doing exactly what I planned for him to do. Jimbley implanted false memories in his head. He is foolishly opening the Hades sarcophagus, which he locked, and which can only be opened by the magic words, spoken in Binchleaf's stupid nasal voice. And he has no idea of the crabtastic future that he is about to unleash. <laughs> In the Egyptian bit of the British Museum, Gret spoke the magic words, then made a trumping noise for some reason. There was a crunch, and a gust of smell hit Gret in the face like a packet of dead chips. Slowly, noisily, unnecessarily dramatically, considering that we already know what's inside, mm -hmm. the sarcophagus opened to reveal a grinning man in a bright green zoot suit, sporting a beard so long that the end of it was in Australia. <laughs> Who the twatting crap yogurt are you? asked Gret, who had been expecting his 5,000-year-old wife to be inside the sarcophagus. Hi there, said the heavily bearded man. I'm a fucking genie! <laughs> yeah, I'm granting you three wishes. What do you want, Binchleaf? You can have anything. What effect will a magical genie have on a story that has, until now, been totally naturalistic and sensible? Has Susan Cheese in a Bag been unceremoniously written out? Why did Jimberly eat her own adopted dad? Was that part of Anuku's plan, or did she have some ulterior motive for devouring her family and friends? The answers to one, or more, or fewer of these questions will be answered next week in Brett Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Steve Krabs. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Gret Binchleaf story on the worst writer in the world. Did you enjoy it, Howard? Oh my giddy gosh blimey, I literally spaffed. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you, you always have to talk about <laughs> dirty things, don't you? You can't just be a nice boy. You can't just be a nice boy like me. I was being nice I, cause, because what you don't realise is that I metaphorically spaffed. <laughs> doesn't make it better. It does. It just means that like <laughs> I had a brain gasm because I enjoyed it so much. I'm not saying <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that I got my winky out. No, don't say it that. I mean you did you just said that. You did literally just say that. Yeah. Okay. And it's true I did do. I did do. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much it was like penis out. Okay. Now Howard, did yeah. you did you know in the Gret Binchleaf canon yeah. this is actually book 2. We often refer to this as book 2, the second book we wrote. Wow. So where's book 1? I mean, it's all very well for me to say, oh, don't worry, everybody. It's a good place to start this one because this is a prequel. And so it's chronologically first, even though we wrote it second. But what if a listener wants to listen to book one? Where can they do that? Well, they need to go out into the Nevada desert. And seek out a talking lion <laughs> no, no. and ask it. No, 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 no. And rub it no, with no, no, a magic no. rock. <laughs> it's uh, not true. It's not uh, true. Or 
Alternatively, <laughs> they could go to patreon.com forward slash man by cow and like give give us their money. It's $2. Is it $2? Basically, you get it immediately, amongst other things. Uh, but if you sign up for the lowest tier, $2 a month, for and you... You know, you don't have to stay for more than one month because you could just download it and run if you wanted to. Wow. You could absolutely get the adventure of the people turning into books for just $2. And just in case you're not convinced, here is a trailer with some exciting clips from it so you can hear how fun it is. And please do listen because I've I've deliberately chosen these clips because they set up callbacks later. So you need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it's fun as well. So it's not just an advert. It's, what's the word? Homework. Ho- it's homework. <laughs> no, 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 it's meant to be entertaining. It's good bits. It's a load of good bits. Entertaining from the homework. The that way you don't have to listen to the whole stupid rubbish book. <laughs> no, that's that's not how you sell oh, things. No. Uh, that way, you, you oh, I'm just going to play the trailer. <laughs> I'm doing really badly. <laughs> you know what I think, Professor Doctor Who? I think that since aeroplanes have seats on them, they should be called chairaplanes. <laughs> Available now from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. The last time this trick was performed, a lovely lady ended up with a beard, and a manly man ended up with a massive pair of... He paused for effect. Knockers! (laughs) The boy turned and saw that the man and woman had proper vanished. They were my parents, he said, and now they've gone. Greg Binchleaf and the adventure of the people turning into books. He hadn't been able to deal with his failure, his complete inability to solve the mystery of why his little brother, Dick, and his best friend, Nathaniel Chuff, had both turned into books. The first Greg Binchleaf book. Greg really knew how to charm the ladies. He could see that his no-nonsense technique was already getting Ava hot and bothered, or hot and boobered, as he liked to call it, and did. You look hot and boobered, he spat. I am hot, she said, and I am boobered. Listen to Rufus and Howard stumble blindly through the creation of Gret Finchleaf and his universe. And your son's name, what is it? Gret. He's called Gret, after his Gret grandfather. <laughs> it all fitted, especially when you factored in the time travel. In fact, only then. <laughs> All 12 chapters are available now for just $2. Just then, a gaggle of cyber-Nazis goose-stepped over, and the tall one said, Oh, and it pulled Professor Doctor Who's head off. You pulled his dead off. He hasn't got a dead. If you keep your dead whilst all around your dead people are dead, rambled Gret, <laughs> finally losing all semblance of sense. A single payment of $2 gets you this, the adventure of the glow-in-the-dark chickens, all of Man by Cow, all the extended Worst Writer episodes, and more. I've had an idea, Gret said aloud, confusing Krabchenko, the Ukrainian cafe owner who only spoke two words of English, both of which were sausage. <laughs> Available now from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. I don't giraffe lubing well mean that, because that doesn't make any giraffe lubing sense. Here, why do I keep saying giraffe lubing? (laughs) 